0: Welcome back friends to Danish and Confused, I started this podcast in the summer of 2020 And if you're still listening after all this time, then congratulations. If you're new, then a very warm welcome to you. This is my little platform where I explore music from the north and talk about my travels. And if I'm not talking your ear off with my own stories, then I'm having chats with other wonderful people from around the world. I'm in Copenhagen where I'm finishing my master's degree soon, but the last few months I've been all over the place and now is my time to tell you all about it. chapter 29 dailin du bist so schön august 2021 after a summer going back and forth between my dear hometown axel limburg and copenhagen it was time for me to spread my wings elsewhere yet again destination deutschland berlin city I made a quick pit stop to my family in Lüneburg, where I got to enjoy life in the countryside for one last time. So many fields with cows and horses and lovely blue sky, it was wonderful. This would be the last time my surroundings outside would be peaceful and quiet for the next few months. On September 1st, I was off to the capital of Germany, flying into the arms of Muti. Angela Merkel, who just announced her resignation after 16 years. I at least hope that the last thing she did was fix the strike going on in her country. What a bumpy ride it was to get there. This
1: is madness. It's madness, I tell you for the love of God! Either way,
0: I got there in one piece, and I was ready to spend the whole month of September in the land of Berliner Bola.
2: Ein rätselhafter Schimmer, ein schönes Epoqueur, liegt in den Augen immer bei einer schönen Frau. Doch wenn sich meine Augen bei einem Vis-a-vis ganz tief in seine saugen, was sprechen dann sie? Ich bin von Kopf bis Fuß auf Liebe eingestellt, denn das ist meine Welt und sonst gar nicht. Das ist, was soll ich machen, meiner Natur, ich kann halt lieben nur und sonst gar nicht. Was bebt in meinen Händen, in ihrem heißen Druck? Sie möchten sich verschwenden, sie haben nie
1: genug. Ihr werdet mir
2: verzeihen, ihr müsst es halb verstehen. Es lockt mich stets von neuem, ich finde es so schön. Ich bin von Kopf bis Fuß auf Liebe eingestellt, denn das ist meine Welt und sonst gar nicht. Das ist, und was soll ich machen, meine Natur. Ich kann halt lieben nur und sonst gar nicht.
0: Knowing me, what else would I do firstly in the soft late summer breeze but rent a bike? Thank you, Swapfiets. Berlin is big. I set out to see the thing you see in all the brochures and tourist websites about Berlin. The Brandenburger Gate. Approaching it from afar, I saw the Dorian columns and pillars and the silhouette of four horses in the sky. I reached the former city gate and I guess I was now in Berlin for real. What a bombastic thing to see, those Prussians really knew how to make things unnecessarily decorative. I kept biking through the city, through parks where I saw statues of Beethoven, Bach and Haydn. They eye me as I circle my way through the park. All I could hear in my head were happy pompous violins announcing my arrival. I seem to have landed in the old fancy part of Berlin where you keep your back straight and your finest clothes on. Funny how one point in space can have so many different ways of being, considering I was excited to see the dirty Berlin.
3: If you feel like leaving, you can tell me so!
1: da 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 da
3: da Sophie is the last one to say no to a chill That's a way of saying yes to any group of family Creating space for everyone to join Blue hair and openness are just a few of her power chords (laughs) Jules is the only one that can make anything from scratch She's hypnotizing animals with just a few words first one to laugh and share a thought, that is why she is connecting just in one
4: second.
3: When you feel like she's overstepping, when I'm overpraising when you feel like she's taking up too much space, too much space, too much space, too much space space for you. Woman, you don't need him to guide you. Woman, you don't need him beside you. Woman, you can't make it alone. So if you feel like leaving, you can tell him. so... my life. That is how I'm working, playing, loving, and creating. when you feel like I'm overstepping, and when you feel like they're overpraising, when you feel like I'm taking up too much space, too much space, too much space, too much space, too much space for you. You can
0: tell me so. It was palpable at first on the metro. Echoes of the 80s were everywhere, from the pattern on the seats to some of the concrete buildings we were passing by. What I noticed immediately was the amount of homeless people actually walking up and down the metro. Having lived in Denmark for a while now, it's been a long time since I saw that. And in a strange way, which my own brain doesn't quite comprehend either. The slightly worn out and older environment I was in was an odd kind of comfort. Like a weird kind of familiarity. I'm home! Why? I don't know. Maybe because you get to see that people struggle and that you're not alone in struggling. Seeing it around you makes sure that you don't forget what it's like. And people actually gave money to the homeless man on the metro. Whereas in Copenhagen, I often get the feeling that poor people are treated like aliens.
1: Danish
0: and Confused. Anyway, enough philosophy. Throughout the month, I met some fantastically fun and great musicians. I went to many great concerts, among others in Donau 115 and other jazz or music cafes. The weirdest one being an avant-garde theater-free jazz improv comedy show Mm -hmm. with the most diverse crew that I ever did see. Fellas in derbies, old men playing cello and delivering odd one-liners, women in sailors costume and jolly men playing trombone. All that and more colourful people swirl around each other on a tiny wooden stage, dancing to the rhythm of wit, sarcasm and incoherent dialogue, all oil blasting sounds of any instrument they could find. Sitting in the audience, surrounded by my Scottish, Dutch, Canadian, German, Danish and Italian friends I think I had the most Berlin experience I could have gotten during my time there is great in September. The sky is blue, the air is still warm enough to walk around without a jacket, the trees are intensely green and the nights are long. Seeing the history of a torn city in these circumstances makes it surreal and captivating. Biking in the sun alongside the wall that caused division and pain and originated in suspicion not only forty years ago is a feeling that I'll never quite be able to put a word to. Going from the spray painted wall to impressive chateaus like Charlottenburg, to Potsdamer Platz, to shop until you drop at Saturn, and then to the haunting museum of murdered Jews, it's an emotional roller coaster. No wonder that there's so much buzz in terms of music and art happening in Berlin. You almost don't have enough time to digest the absurdity, the beauty, and the tragedy of it all. Chapter 30 Under the Wings of
3: Lizzie. pretty nice girl but she doesn't have a lot to say.
0: On September 30th I parted with the solid ground of Europe and flew overseas to my next destination London for 16 days. And this one is one that I was very excited about. The nerdy schoolgirl within me was very happy that she got to see those Victorian landmarks, to smell the royal perfume spread out across the city, to soak up the horror of Londinium and medieval London. And above all, get out the British accent.
1: Well, it's not very good, is it? I don't
0: know about you, but I'm an accent chameleon. When I speak with my friends from Limburg, I'm (laughs) Limburgs. When I speak with friends from Ghent. My words ever so slightly lean towards Oost Vlaams. And on the phone to my Dutch mum, my accent travels across Dutch borders.
3: zeg, leuk!
0: The same problem occurred to me now that I was on the soil of the British. My accent, which was carefully molded into a North American accent over the past months, went through the British meat grinder and had a thorough identity crisis.
1: The rain in Spain stays mainly in the place. Not that
0: I minded. I was chuffed to bits to bring out the Armini in me that's been lingering in there for years. I never had a
1: pet.
0: When I was younger, did
1: it make me struggle with the concept of death? It's something I regret. As a result, I am incredibly emotionally stunted, and I'll never forget.
0: be short on time to express all my love for the city of London and the country of Britain. I started off my first day by ordering a scone and a cup of tea, tea. and as I sat on a cosy autumny terrace, a little basset dog was staring at me from the window of a car. That's about as British as I could start it off. By now I was used to the big, nice parks in Berlin, but little did I know that Hyde Park would absolutely take the crown. It might have been the low yellow sun shining through the trees. It might have been the gazillion dogs running to and fro. It might have been the Diana Memorial or the Peter Pan statue. I'll never know what it is, but I fall in love with it every time I'm there. The big pond of Kensington Gardens with Queen Victoria stoically looking over her swans. The little squirrels coming to say hello, careful not to be caught by dog's teeth and the chippy parakeets. They all came to say hello to me, well after they saw the seeds that I carried. In case of the parakeet sitting on my hand, that was great. In case of the squirrels, I guess I'm lucky to still have my fingers. I have to admit, music was not at the top of my priority list for the two weeks of my stay. I had some lessons and some sessions, but my mission was to visit as much British history sites as possible in two weeks. And on top of that list was the Tower of London. Terror, intrigue, conspiracy, blood and royalty, what more does one need? Besides being the home of the crown jewels, it was also the prison of some of Britain's most interesting personalities. From Guy Fawkes, to Thomas More, to Queen Elizabeth, Princess at the time, to world explorer Walter Raleigh, to German spies. Carvings all over the castle walls show the desperation or acceptance of their probably nearing death. I was mostly there to be one step closer to the woman whose power and mystery I find most captivating, Queen Anne Boleyn. I walked through the prison where she was held, stepped on the stones where she was executed, and gazed that are grave in the St. Peter's church next to Catherine Howard and Jane Grey. Now if you're as much of a history nerd as I am, then you'll know why that's exciting. I stayed on the side of the tower for five hours, eyes wide. This much history is too much to take in for just one person. The big black ravens that flew and squawked across the terrains set the gloomy mood for a rainy place so haunted by death. I filled up those two weeks with as much Britain as possible. I visited the city of Bath and Somerset. First you drive through the English countryside for a few hours and if the sight of those green hills under the blue sky doesn't put a smile on your face then Emily Bronte and Kate Bush will surely judge you. When you drive into Bath you think you've won a golden ticket to an elite vacation spa. I'm sure this is what the Romans wanted it to be when they built it in 60 AD. That ride. A nice little spa retreat in between battles. The natural hot spring bubbles to the surface even to this day. Don't go there with the intention to take a bath, though. Today it's a large museum holding artifacts from the Aqua Sulis. Despite it not exactly having water slides or kiddie pools, I bet it must have been one hell of a lot nicer than Center Park's. (laughs) Danish and confused. Next on the list was visiting the legendary Queen Elizabeth II. Whenever she's not in Buckingham Palace, chances are that she's hanging around, having a ball and cutting a rug in Windsor Castle. The enormous castle has been around for 950 years, firstly built by William the Conqueror, who so generously conquered Britain.
1: We don't need a bloody flag, it's our country, you bastard. No flag, no country, you can't have one.
0: Thanks to Victoria, the place is open to visitors who, just like me, will likely get lost in the endless halls and chambers. And oh, I got lucky because the flag was raised so the Queen was actually home, probably watching The Crown with a company of a mean cup of tea. God bless you, Lizzie.
3: pretty nice i to make i to make
0: And the last thing I will tell you about my trip to London was my little field trip to Stonehenge.
3: I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder.
0: I know, I know. What's the hassle about a bunch of rocks? Well, after X amount of seeing Stonehenge on screensavers and calendars, it was time for me to find out what the deal actually was. How big are these things?
1: That's what she said!
0: It was a little bit of a drive. It was not a romantic experience at all. You're in a bus with 20 strangers, and it drives you up to the stones. Now, of course, this already implies that the stones are near a road. And yes, this beautiful Neolithian miracle is essentially on a little hill in the middle of fields, but once you're on the hill, there you see that one concrete road not 100 meters from the monument. Cars come in and actually slow their pace to look and then speed up and drive off again you can't actually go to the stones and touch them because that would make the ground surrounding them unstable. There's a pathway around the stones and being the good little tourists that we are, we follow it, stopping every so often to make a selfie. So right now, I'm gonna take a picture of us and then we'll see if we can break the record for the most retweets. I'm not even kidding when I say that people pull out the Tower of Peace and move. So apart from the wonderful thing that Stonehenge actually is, it was the ironic combination of old pagan magical history with plain stupid modern tourism that left me with a mm, okay impression but don't worry you can watch the next summer solstice on live stream
1: <laughs> <laughs> Danish and confused
0: chapter 30 rocky mountain high now time for my pièce de résistance after i was back in copenhagen I spent the end of October there, I watched the autumn unfold into November and early December, and on the 15th of that month, I went somewhere that I've wanted to go since I was a child. I was lucky enough to have my personal life evolve in such a way that I was finally able to visit the queen of all northern countries, Canada. Canada. 3 a.m. on December 15th, I wake up, brush my teeth, Grab my suitcase and I walk to the metro station through an empty, dark and cold Copenhagen. The metro takes me to the airport, where a plane takes me to Amsterdam. And from Amsterdam I fly to my final destination, Calgary. It wasn't until I boarded the plane that the realness of the situation hit me. I'm going to North America. I'm flying over the Arctic Circle, over the Atlantic Ocean. I also didn't know that this would be the flight with the prettiest view that I've ever seen. You see, I left Copenhagen in the dark. I arrived in Amsterdam at sunrise. I flew over towards Canada back into the same night, which kind of stayed at a dark kind of twilight. So I had an odd kind of mirrored sunset and I'd land when it was daylight at noon. Safe to say my senses were confused, but fatigue and confusion aside, flying over the middle of Greenland is something else. The sky outside my window was dark red from the sun, soft enough to be a womb. The skyline was a front of clouds merging with the ice caps I saw below. I didn't know where one ended and the other one began. Guarded by a red sun, our plane with almost everyone asleep in the dark cabin flew above the icy desert in what felt like complete silence. I listened to Björk and I cried a little.
1: from 12
0: I spent a month including christmas and new years in canada it was my first white christmas since god knows how long and from as soon as i stepped off the plane i knew i didn't bring sufficient clothes i feel cold some days the temperatures dropped down to as cold as minus 33 and here i was thinking copenhagen was cold the air was crispy the sky was blue and the snow was fresh from the plane i had seen big, fast, white plains endlessly stretching over the mainland. And the mere size of North America also dawned on me on the ground. Whenever we drove outside Calgary, all the eye could see was white, snowy nothingness. And in the distance, the silhouette of those big, sleepy titans, the Rocky Mountains. A few times we drove up to them, to Banff or to Canmore slowly driving through the valleys as the mountains watched us pass by. And they have such a different personality from the Alps. These were the Alps' big brothers, I'd landed among the land of rough giants. They were kind enough to let us hike through the snowy pine tree forests. They let us see the view from up high with the sun shining hard on the peaks, and at night we saw their imprint in the starry sky. The lakes were frozen enough to walk and skate upon. And after a long day of being outside until our eyelashes froze, we could literally let out some steam in the natural hot springs. Unlike the ones in Bath, we could actually use these. Our muscles just completely turned to flubber.
4: Rocky
1: Mountain High. Rocky Mountain High.
0: On certain days, there's a weather phenomenon that occurs, it's called a Chinook. After weeks of eight feet of snow, there was a warm breeze in the air that lasted a few days. A wind from the Pacific coast travels up to the Rockies and down to Calgary, which makes it warm up, so that everyone can have a little break from the icy grasp of winter. Ice is my life! Chinook literally means snow eater, but I for one didn't mind the snow, or the cold. I absolutely loved being there in those temperatures. Spoken like a real tourist, I know. The only downside was that every time I showered, afterwards I'd become a dried up sponge. The air was so dry that I was spitting cotton. Air is not good! I must have worked my way through five moisturizers.
1: Empty between what is and what could be. lost inside a world in which i dream.
0: Four weeks later, the day of departure had already come. It is time, On a mild January afternoon, we flew back to Amsterdam and then to Copenhagen, on what felt like the longest day ever. On the plane, we endured the microwaved food, set through an intentionally long movie, and as a final gift, we saw the Scottish highlands peek through the clouds from above as we almost reached the mainland of Europe. I'm writing this right now with an immense jet lag and I feel like I've skipped three days in one. These days I wake up at 4am and I drink coffee now to stay awake through the day and I don't ever drink coffee so I have two ways of existing now, potato bag or jitterbug. I'm a true joy to be around. For the past months on a podcast that happens to be my own, aired to random people through a radio station. How fun it must be for you to hear about the travels of a person that you've never even met.
1: This is it. Your time is through. you
0: I would like to thank money and opportunities for the past few months of traveling. They say to travel while you still can, and that's what I did, but of course, I know it's not possible if you don't have the means, or if you can't simply just leave your lifestyle. For me, it was the right and possibly only moment in time to have this amazing experience. A big thank you to the Idela Foundation in Denmark, to the RMC in Copenhagen, to my parents and to my teachers abroad, and a big thank you to PJ Fossum. you know who you are. It was a cocktail of all the right people and all the right places. Next episodes, I will focus more on music again, I promise. Less blah 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 and more la di for this talking has made my mouth drier than the air in Calgary. Thank you for listening. Wie truce, fare thee well, and see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Danish and confused. You can listen to all the episodes of Danish and Confused on wearevarious.com, on Spotify, or on any other podcast platform. See you next time.